0: so oh, hey hi hello and welcome back to the aspiring adult podcast this is your host sarah smiles and i've been such a little traveler lately which is really funny to me because in february i went and saw a psychic and she told me that i'd be traveling a lot in the upcoming months, which I know you can easily be like, okay, sir, you're the one planning your trips. Obviously, you can dictate how often you're traveling, but let me interject before you have that idea pumped through your head. So, yes, you're right, but also, I have been invited on all of the trips that I've gone on. So, My mom asked me to go to Virginia to visit my brother earlier, or at the end of May, and then my friend Alex asked me to come out and visit LA in June. Well, he didn't actually specify the date range that he wanted me to come and visit, but he asked if I wanted to come visit, and I said yes. So I guess that is me planning it in the upcoming months, but like he still asked. And then Kenzie recently asked for me to, or not recently, She she, this was premeditated, but Definitely premeditated, but post psychic visit asked me to come to Chicago to visit her for, for for her birthday. And then one of my old co-workers, Jeremy, which I'm not going to call him an, an old co-worker. I should probably just call him a friend at this point. So my friend Jeremy asked me to visit him in Texas or in Austin, Texas. Texas specifically which is very important because of my love of Matthew McConaughey and I feel like if I go to Austin Texas I will definitely meet Matthew McConaughey or at least run into him or see a glimpse of him just because I feel like that is part of my journey anyways so Jeremy asked for my other old co-worker which I should now call my friend Sean for Sean and I to go and visit him so Again, that's him asking us. Obviously, Sean and I had to select a date to go, but still, he asked us to visit him. And then my brother recently, my other brother, Nico, recently invited me to go to Cleveland to run a race or like go to this. I don't remember, but he asked me to go to Cleveland with him and then again asked me to come Back home to South Carolina for the 4th of July. So, those are two other instances. And then my aunt reached out and invited us to a family reunion in Indiana in October. So, again, these aren't all events. And then another event that I have in October is my roommate from college, Emily, is getting married in Indiana as well. So, Lots of things that aren't necessarily, like, in my control. I mean, they are, but they're not. Like, a wedding, I can't control when that is. A family reunion, I can't control when that is. I can control whether or not I go. But realistically, like, I've just been invited on all of these journeys and I've just said yes. So, my psychic was right. But anyways, I got back from Chicago. And I want to preface this by saying I really wanted to not like Chicago. Like to the point where I was pleading with Kenzie that I did not want to go and to plan a birthday trip rather than actually going to Chicago. But because I'm such a stellar friend, I lied to her and told her that I couldn't take time off to go to Chicago and then pulled off a pretty legendary surprise for when she picked us up from the airport which I posted on my TikTok and Instagram at the underscore aspiring adult, we convinced her that, and we being me, Emma, and Savina, who were the friends that she invited to come visit for her birthday, convinced her that we weren't going to come, and we being me and Savina. Emma was still going to come, but Savina and I were not. Kenzie was fully expecting, I'm going to come to Chicago, fully expecting to have her stay at her apartment, fully expecting her to pick her up from the airport, Whatever, whatever, whatever. And so, Savina, Emma, or Savina, Emma, and I had been acting in a separate group message about flight situations, how we're going to get to Kenzie's, how we're going to surprise her, how we should choreograph, or not choreograph, we're not trying to dance here, how we should coordinate this with people that are actually in Chicago. So, texted her mom, texted one of her best friends to add her to the, I had half, to have her add us to any reservations that were being created. So we had all of that taken care of. And on the day that we arrived, Emma had texted us letting us know that she landed and we should meet up with her at the airport. And so Savina and I met up with her at the airport. We discussed how we wanted the plan to go. So the plan was that Emma was going to go out of door one, I don't remember the door numbers, so if you're from Chicago and you're trying to correct me on the actual door numbers that are there, I don't know. Anyways, so Emma was going to go out of door number one, and then Savina and I were going to go out of door number two and kind of wait in front of door number two while Emma was getting picked up by Kenzie at door one. So Emma goes out. We see her get picked up by Kenzie. They get out of the car, do the whole hugging situation. They get packed up, and then Savina and I are standing the door down, and so Emma, while in the car, says to Kenzie, hey, I actually forgot my AirPods inside. We need to pull over, and I need to grab them, and so that's when Savina and I step out onto the curb and kind of wave our hands up in the air, letting basically, like, similar to the motion that you would do if you were hailing a taxi or a cab or an Uber. I guess that's more applicable, an Uber, so... We step outside and we're waving and Kenzie's jaw drops to the floor. Her eyes are massive and she just starts freaking out. So honestly, a very epic surprise. We definitely killed that in the sense that she had absolutely no idea and was completely stunned. So that was awesome. So yeah, after that quick little cute reunion, I kept poking fun of Kenzie saying, okay, Chicago's unmatched in the summer because prior to me coming and kind of why I was able to convince Kenzie that I was actually not going to come was because I was like, okay, how great can Chicago be in the summer? I feel like everybody says that about their city in the summer. Like, Boston's unmatched in the summer. Like, okay, cool. We get it. Like, it's unmatched in the summer. Blah, 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 blah. But anyways, so I was more over, like, making the joke more prominent because when we got there, it was, like, really overcast, kind of rainy, a little bit dreary, not that warm, and I was like, oh, Chicago's so stellar in the summer, must be so nice, so unreal, and again, I really wanted to hate Chicago, like, with a burning passion, um, because everyone that I went to college with graduated and moved to Chicago. Chicago and okay, not everyone obviously there are people that have moved other places, but it is basically a feeder. Miami University is the heart and soul of Chicago. Like, for those of you that live there, you can probably attest to this. For those of you who went to Miami, you can also attest to this. But yeah, Miami, like, love and honor pumps through those streets. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. But if that's not enough of a picture for you, imagine. You Every time that you walk out of your apartment, you run into somebody you know. That was what was virtually happening to us in Chicago. Every time we left the apartment, we would run into somebody that we went to school with or that we knew, which was so wild because in Boston, even though it's a really small city, I rarely run into people that I know. And it's kind of upsetting because I like the small town vibes. Like I really appreciated Miami and Oxford specifically because... I would run into people all the time that I knew even though it was pretty big school it's a d1 school I would always run into people around school that I knew which sounds kind of weird but like a friend group sorority sister fraternity brother that I knew like someone in my major or whatever anywhere that I was going whether it was the library the bar um, the dining hall like I would run into somebody that I knew, and There was something, I I don't know why, like, I loved that about college, but there was something about that being my adult path or something that would exist in Chicago that just felt wrong to me and I was like, ew, gross, I don't want to be a part of that, but I absolutely loved it. Like, I gobbled that shit up. And you know what else I gobbled up? And you know what else I didn't hate? Having $8 Ubers across town as opposed to the $30 Ubers that you get in Boston. Like, absolutely unreal like the midwest price points are unmatched so yeah and you know what else kenzie's luxury apartment which let's play a game let's let's play a game so kenzie lives in a luxury apartment in a nice part of the city and it has a pool that's outside she has an indoor spa with a sauna a hot tub a steam room she has a full gym they have all these amazing amenities like an indoor office space and just so many amazing amenities she then also has floor-to-ceiling windows in her apartment in her apartment herself or itself she shares it with two other girls she has the master bedroom which has a walk-in closet to her private bathroom and has its own balcony again super spacious we were there with so on top of me Emma Kenzie Savinas also her two roommates we did not feel like we were on top of each other so very very spacious very nice very clean again good part of town can we take guesses as to how much we think that she pays in rent? And she does pay the most, being that she lives in the master bedroom. But she pays a little over 1500 I pay a little over 1500 And let me tell you what, I have no amenities. I have no outdoor pool. I have no gym. I have no spa. Like, I have a yard that's its very well maintained. It's a nice yard, I'll give it that. But that's it. Like, I've got nothing else. Nothing else. So, yeah, didn't hate that about Chicago either. I'm now conducting the great migration for me, Emma, Savina, and... Yeah, for me, Emma, and Savina to move to Chicago. Because the Midwest, man, like those price points... You can't beat it. You really can't. But... Anyways, that is not what this episode is about. This episode is about feeling like events, conversations, things are exclusively and solely unique to me or to ourselves. So more generally speaking, and I guess like I should say to everyone. But anyways, um, I mean that I'm the sole person or the only person who has possibly ever experienced heartache, or been discriminated against at work, or just feeling lost in life, to name a few things. And I specifically remember my first long-term boyfriend. Okay, maybe not first. Like, my first is a little bit embarrassing to talk about, but I'll go ahead and talk about it anyways for the sake of some satirical relief here. But My first boyfriend, his name was Shaggy, which kind of alludes to potentially the type of person that he is about to portray himself as in my story of him or my narration of him. But he blew me off in high school to go to a shoe release, which if that doesn't kind of speak to the person that he is slash was, then we can just... Anyways, so that just speaks to the type of person that he is. Or was, I should say. Because he could have definitely changed. But anyways, and in more recent events, he has been seen on the most wanted fugitive poster for my hometown. So yeah, I didn't want to claim that, but I guess I will because it's kind of funny looking back on it. Like, not funny for him, but funny haha. Like, oh, that's something I experienced in my life. But anyways, so... We're going to ignore that that was my first long-term boyfriend and we're going to talk about my other first long-term boyfriend who I dated for about a year. He was about two years older than me, so I was a freshman when he was a junior and I thought that we were in love, like our souls were connected and we were going to be together forever, that we were soulmates you know, like as you do when you are first in love with somebody. Okay. So when we broke up, inevitably, I was absolutely devastated. He went to college and, uh, but anyways, so he broke up with me when he went to college and again, was absolutely devastated. So devastated that I would bawl my eyes out when I would go to school. Like, I was fully a sophomore in high school and would show up to school crying. Okay, so very awkward. And I literally remember I was in my biology class sitting next to his younger brother who was in my grade, bawling my eyes out (laughs) as an exam was being passed out. And my teacher, Mr. Ulrich, a saint of a man, and quite possibly a genius, asked if I was okay, and I literally uttered the words, I just lost someone very close to me. Like, this poor man probably thought that my grandmother had just died. Like, a little bit dramatic. But yeah, with that, I wouldn't let anyone console me because no one knew how in love we were and no one knew how connected we, our souls were and I was depressed and thought that my ex and I were so unique as if no one had ever been in love the way that we had been in love like seriously the journal entries that I wrote during that period of time are gut wrenchingly laughable like, like we, we all know like People write songs about losing their first loves. Like, it was just really pathetic poetry. Okay, so my dad, who had recently gone through a divorce and was trying to console me, couldn't possibly understand. Like, in my brain, in my 16-year-old brain, my father, who had been married to my mother for, I think it was 16 years, maybe 18, so longer than I had been alive, had been with a woman and he could not possibly comprehend how much heartache i was experiencing because my boyfriend that i had been dating for 10 months i think had just broken up with me like there was no possible way that he could have ever understood so i didn't let him understand i didn't share with him and i refused to let him console me because i didn't think that he would he he got it he didn't get it he didn't understand. Like, this was a unique feeling to me. No one had ever felt this way, except for me, and probably my ex-boyfriend at the time. I was just so in my own head about having unique life experiences that only I experienced, okay? So none of my friends who had also gone through recent breakups could possibly relate to me. My dad couldn't relate to me. Like, they just didn't get it. And I'd like to say that that Is the only instance of me thinking that my life experiences or feelings are super unique to only me? But shockingly enough, after nearly a decade later, um, and getting over my ex, which 16-year-old Sarah would probably never believe you, I am still thinking that situations are extremely unique to me. So again, for instance, I was talking to my dad because that's what I do. I just talk to my dad when I'm feeling upset and that's honestly probably really draining for him thinking about that now. I rarely ever call with superb news. It's normally me calling and talking on the phone and saying something very upsetting and expecting him to just be like, "Oh, it's okay. They're there." Like anyways, dad, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm sorry and I'm going to try and be better, but just know that I probably won't be that much different, but I'm at least trying. I'm making an effort. Okay. So I'm thinking of it. But anyways, so I have been facing a lot of difficulty with navigating my career and I have no idea what I want to be doing, but I know that I don't want to be doing what I'm currently doing for, for the rest of my life. And with me being the type A planner that I am, I want to desperately figure out what I'm going to be doing and track how I can progress my career and how I can advance as an individual. And this isn't a career advancement podcast. And so I know that I talk a lot about my career, which it's unfortunately a large portion of my life or occupying a large portion of my life at this point in time. But I digress. So, Again, I'm talking with my dad and using him as a sounding board, and he simply asks, Well, are any of your friends struggling with this? And without a blink, without a hesitation, I immediately say, No. Everybody knows what they want to be doing, everyone's content with their jobs. Like, sure, Sarah, yeah. So while I'm in Chicago, I was talking to my best friend Emma about work, and she goes, I'm just so lost, and I think I want to go back to law school. And I was like, wait, you can't possibly be lost because you wanted to be an engineer. I also wanted to be an engineer. You can't be lost because this is a unique feeling to me. What do you mean? Like, talk more, say more things. And so, as she was describing more about how she felt about her situation, she was telling me that she didn't know what she wanted to do and she was really struggling. And she felt that the only way for her to really regain an understanding of what she wanted to do with her career was to go back to school. And so, she was talking about wanting to be a patent lawyer and how she thinks that that would be a little bit more fulfilling to her. And then I started spewing at her, and I was like, okay, well, I've been contemplating going and doing X, Y, and Z in my career, like potentially getting into product marketing or potentially product management, or I don't even know, like sales maybe, perhaps. Like I am really just running the gamut of all the potential sectors of business here. So started spewing all of that to her and kind of bouncing ideas off of her. And we started riffing for a while about, career development and what we're looking to do and what where we want to end up and how these social constructs existed and how we both really wanted to be in managerial positions because that was what was considered to be like good. When we're growing up, we're all thinking about okay, if you're a manager or if you're like the CEO or president of a business, that means you've made it. You've you're successful. But we were talking about how that's really just like maybe not what's fulfilling to you. Maybe you don't want to be a CEO. Maybe you don't want to be a president. Like that is just not what's going to fulfill you at the end of the day. It might be something that's a little bit more of an individual contributor role and less of like a team oriented role. Like neither of us really have any idea and we're genuinely both trying to figure it out. But I was just in awe because... I could not believe that when my dad asked, are any of your other friends experiencing this? I simply was just not even taking into consideration that maybe my friends were. That I solely thought this was an experience that I was having myself and that nobody else could possibly relate. Because for me... Everything that I experience is so unique. It's so dramatic. It is so polarizing. It is so high and it is so low. Like nobody else can possibly be coming home from work feeling drained. No one else can possibly be coming home from work and feeling like they have no idea of the career path that they're taking. No one else can be having a boss that isn't helping them navigate their career path. Like those are things that are exclusive to me. Like those are only Sarah Smiles things. And anybody else who's having those, no, they're not. And if they are, they're not the same. So I was laying at Kenzie's extremely nice, luxurious apartment pool. And I sat up and immediately saw someone reading Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, which, as we know, was a life-changing book for me. And in the book, he talks about the more intimate details you share with people, or the more things that you feel like you have unique to yourself, they're truly not. Things that are truly unique and things that you believe that nobody else might have in common with you tend to be the things that people most resonate with you with, or most resonate with you on. I mean, after all, after I read Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey, I felt like Matthew McConaughey and I are kindred spirits. And very surface level, like, we have very, very little in common. And when I say little in common, I mean nothing in common. Like, surface level. He is a famous actor in Hollywood. I am a lowly little corporate cog in Boston. Actually, he's not in Hollywood. He is in Austin, Texas, and I know that. But anyways, not not important. We could not be more different at the surface level, but... So We are so deeply connected to so many different people and so many different humans on this planet that we share so many similar experiences. And it is so easy to forget that. And I keep saying the word so, and I know my dad's gonna make fun of me for it. But it's true, We we're, we're all deeply connected and deeply intertwined in how we relate to one another. And when we have these moments of reflection of, looking at events that happen to us in our lives, there are likely other people that connect to us. Even though we think they are such deep, unique experiences, all of our feelings, all of our emotions are shared amongst each other. So something that happened to Matthew McConaughey in his life is going to be completely different than something I've experienced in my life, but we might share the same emotion on it. So for instance, he's journaled his whole life. I've journaled my whole life. That's very vague. Yeah, but that is how I feel connected to him. And that is how I might make you feel connected to me or me voicing. So, me being connected to Matthew McConaughey reminded me, and I laugh while I'm saying that because I'm not connected to Matthew McConaughey, but I am mentally. I am. He might not know that, but I know that. So anyways, I was also reminded that sharing life experiences on my podcast is kind of what the purpose of this podcast is. It's so that we can connect and find comfort in other people figuring out life, whether it's similar or different to us. But the cra- the wild thing is, is that I felt connected to Matthew McConaughey. And I think what I'm trying to or what my intention is with this podcast is to have you feel a connection to somebody else. And whether that's me through the stories I share or connections that I have with other individuals or guests that I bring on that resonate with you, the goal is for you to not feel alone in your journey throughout life and through your journey of experiencing career path issues or experiencing heartbreak or anything in between those two things. And obviously, there's a lot more to life that exists than heartbreaking career issues. And those are just two of the elements that I touched on today. But a goal is for us to kind of all realize that we're connected. And for us to, for this podcast to be a community for people to connect with each other on items that they thought might be solely unique to them. Or might be something that they thought that nobody else could possibly experience. Because let me tell you, if you're experiencing it, you are definitely not the first person to ever experience that emotion, that feeling, that event. It's likely that a lot of other people also experienced it as well. I won't say that it's 100% guaranteed because there are going to be instances that other people probably cannot share to you or share with you. But I can almost guarantee that whatever your unique experience is, whatever your unique experience is, someone also probably shares a similar sentiment or a similar emotion of event that they had in their life. So what I'm going to challenge you to do is to share something with your dad, your best friend, significant other, something that you've been internalizing or struggling with that they might just be able to relate to. So that's what I've got this week. Not everything, almost nothing, virtually nothing, is unique to you. And open up to others because you'd be surprised with what you have in common with people, whether they're similar or different to you. So thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next time on another episode of The Aspiring Adult. See you next Wednesday. Bye.